Welcome to the Essay for FAs Asset Allocator Podcast, a series that addresses issues of current interest to financial advisors, including ETFs, asset allocation, and the economy. I am your host, Gil Weinrich of Seeking Alpha, and this morning I wanted to address some exciting investment ideas from a famously successful investor and suggest why it's probably best to keep a distance from this sort of excitement. We'll get to that in a moment, but first... This word on behalf of our sponsor, Nationwide. This podcast is brought to you by Nationwide. Nationwide's New Heights fixed indexed annuities now offer the flexibility of earlier withdrawals with an optional living benefit rider at additional cost. Learn more at nationwidenewheights.com. Financial Advisor Magazine published an interview with Dr. Michael Berry, the hero of the Big Short movie, who correctly foresaw the subprime mortgage crisis and made a fortune shorting collateralized debt obligations. The thrust of the interview is that Berry now sees index funds as the new CDOs, which are distorting market prices, preventing true price discovery, and are much less liquid than they seem. His conclusion is, and I quote, The theater keeps getting more crowded, but the exit door is the same as it always was. Oh, and I should add that he also waxes about the deep value wonders of Japanese small caps, most of which trade at less than book value, sport other impressive valuation metrics, are sitting on mountains of cash and shareholdings. One more quote from Barry. There is tremendous opportunity here for re-rating if companies would take governance more seriously. End quote. So what to make of all this? Barry is beyond doubt a brilliant investor. He saw something others failed to see, the impending subprime crisis, and made hundreds of millions of dollars acting on that. I don't pretend to know more than he does, but I can still point out what I found missing in his argument. If he only pointed out the problems he saw in index funds, I might be more easily persuaded. But if the guy who made his fame and fortune shorting CDOs goes to the extent of calling index funds the new CDOs, then I'm just wondering why he's also not shorting index funds. He explicitly uses the word bubble. If he made hundreds of millions of dollars on CDOs, he could make billions on index funds. I think the reason he's not shorting the S&P 500 is quite clear. He doesn't want to lose his shirt. Elsewhere in the interview, he says, I quote again, I just don't know what the timeline will be. Like most bubbles, the longer it goes on, the worse the crash will be. Yes, timing is everything when it comes to celebrated big trades, like Barry's big short, or George Soros's even bigger short of the British pound, for which he earned $1 billion on one fine Wednesday nearly 27 years ago to the day. But media-grubbing investors read big headlines and big names and sometimes draw the wrong conclusions. I worry also about investors jumping into Japanese small caps based on Barry's statements. Barry's a big boy, and making unusual investing bets is his job, and a risk he can afford. He's got hundreds of millions of dollars to play with. But, returning to that quote about the deep value opportunity, Barry said, There is tremendous opportunity here for re-rating if companies would take governance more seriously. My response to that is, Since when do Japanese companies take governance seriously? Cross-shareholding has been a feature of the Japanese market for the entire post-war period, and for deep-seated cultural reasons, even the Bank of Japan has had difficulty curbing this characteristic of the Japanese market. What's more, the Japanese equity market is barely over half the level of its last peak, which was fully three decades ago, the point being that you can grow quite old waiting to unlock value in the Japanese market. 
If you step back and listen to Barry's arguments, I see one fundamental principle uniting them, and I believe he is surely correct about that principle, which is that value matters. Indexing is plied money into the most popular stocks, but not necessarily the most deserving. And there is value to unlock in Japanese small caps, if the system there were more supportive of that. But Japanese governance practices are no more apt to change than the American tendency to pile into a popular investing strategy. S&P 500 funds and the like are likely to fall painfully hard when their time is up, and Japanese small caps may fail to rise as high as value investors expect. Advisors would do well to steer clear of these exciting investment ideas in favor of the dull-as-a-doorknob methodology that has stood the test of time, broad asset class diversification for one, and buying low for another, but always with a view towards the non-rational factors that influence the reality in which we live, which include Japanese cultural conservatism and American caution-to-the-wind aggressiveness. We must always keep an eye on the big picture. Thanks for listening. If you found this podcast useful, consider passing it on to one other advisor. Also, feel free to contact me at gill at seekingalpha.com if you have feedback or requests. This is Seeking Alpha's Gil Weinrich, and our podcast was sponsored by Nationwide.